On today's episode, horrible neighbors with good intentions, cutting ties to save yourself, and LB leaves her big city life to help a small businessman. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Help me out, almighty Lori Beth Denberg. Give me that vital information so I get the right thoughts. Who do yeah? The church of Lori Beth is in session, and we're reading from the scriptures of vital information. Talking my goddess and my savior, my LBT. Just tell me what's going on with me. Oh my goddess and my savior, my LBT. Just tell me what's going on with me. I'm Lori Beth Denberg, and thank you for listening to the Bad Advice Podcast. With me, as always, is Woo Clark Crozer. Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, just an hour of us and that. Howling at each other. Howling at each other. It's going to be all the dogs love it. It's the number one podcast with dogs. We've got the uh, one to eight. Beagle demographic sewn up. Exactly, exactly. Uh, followed closely by the Huskies. <laughs> One uh, podcast is actually worth seven of their podcasts. Exactly. So we've been on like five years. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Clark and I are here, as Hello, always. We, we are. always are chatting your ears off, yep. shoving our personalities down your throat. <laughs> but I really want to take a minute to acknowledge a couple people that make our show... As awesome as I hope you think it is. Yes. Um, and that is Jeremy Balin, mm-hmm. who is our producer. Uh, I worked with him. I got to know him working with um, he and Danny on the Nostalgia Personified tours that right. I did with Danny. We did an all that version, toured around the country and met a bunch of fans and watched old clips. And Jeremy was the kind of the moderator, but also like the third cast member. Right. He's super funny. I love him a hundred times. He does all this behind the scenes post-production work for us and makes it sound good. Yes. And so I wanted to say, Jeremy, I love you and thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. And then I want to also uh, mention Natty Ward, Mm. who is uh, the gentleman who wrote and performed our theme song. Yes. And I think people might think that we had that made for this podcast, but I was just... Google. I was just Googling myself because <laughs> I'm a do, disgusting narcissist. Yeah. I was actually looking for um, images of myself as characters from all that for promotional stuff. Yeah. And I come across this picture that says Lori Beth Denberg, but it's a picture of Adam Sandler <laughs> right. from Billy Madison. Right. And, and it's a link to YouTube. And it was, yeah, and it was a link. So I'm like, what the hell is this? And then... It's a song written by Natty Ward called Lori Beth Denberg. And it's about a lot of stuff from the 90s and just his life and stuff. Right. But um, it had this great, you know, bridge part, yeah. which I was like, can we please use that for the podcast? And he was on board and he helped us to make it perfect. And so go look him up, Natty Ward. Go look up Jeremy Balin. He yeah. does he does a lot with other podcasts. His one of his podcasts is Going Dork. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean the, he produces Danny and Mike. There's the one with the Sex in the City, right? Yeah, he produces one called The Bradshaw Boys. Yeah, the Bradshaw Boys. But I think Going Dork is like his. Okay. He's really funny. He's yeah. really talented. He's done you know um what was man boobs like sketch comedy he right. was in a troupe called man boobs with danny tamborelli and nice. they did sketch comedy so nice. he's just the awesomest and that was one of the best things about pre-covid and as far and as far as everyone else out there is uh knows he's not holding a gun to us uh right now forcing us to say all this stuff he's not he's not he's absolutely not and maybe he's so humble he'll edit it out <laughs> But um, so thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Natty. Yeah. Everybody look up Natty Ward. Everyone look up um, Jeremy. I think he's Remy Balin yep. on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go I, flood his inbox. I mean, I I loved doing this podcast with you. It's really fun. And I love hearing from people that listen to the podcast. But I have to say one constant through everyone that listens to the podcast is they all love the theme song. I do. It the gets, theme song is so great. It is so stick in your head. Yeah. It is so catchy. And I'll find myself like singing it. And I'm like singing a song about myself. <laughs> um, but it really, I mean, it's 
just like the find of the century for me. Absolutely. And speaking of uh, singing songs for LB, uh, we were all virtually singing songs for you this last week because it was your birthday. It was my birthday. It was the LB birthday. Lori Beth birthday. February 2nd, Groundhog's Day is my birthday. How was it? It was. This was was your first uh, pandemic birthday. Yes, this is my first COVID birthday. It's funny you asked that because I actually said to my friend, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to. Is this my first COVID birthday? And it's like, yeah, it is. Which made me happy because I'm like, it hasn't been two years, has it? Yeah, exactly. We Um, barely missed it last year. And then I did see a a memory on uh, Facebook that we did go to uh, Benihana's last yes, year. We did. You and uh, Karen and Lex and I, we yes. all went to Benihana's to celebrate your birthday. We did. And um, it's very cute to watch Lex watch the the chef like cook yeah. all the stuff and make the uh, onion volcano. The onion volcano. Yes. Oh, it's going to be sad. Like in like a year and a half, we go back and he's like, whatever, man. Like <laughs> he's, he's totally there. over it. Right. He's going to be robbed the- him of his last like excited onion volcano time as a child. Exactly. All COVID kids are just going to skip straight to adolescent teenagers. Exactly. So my birthday was good. It was quiet. It was, you know, COVID-y. Yeah. I, the only place, normally on my birthday, my dad would take me out to dinner. Yeah. We'd go out somewhere. We'd have a, you know, a lovely time. Right. And then he foots the bill. Hey, hey. Uh, but he doesn't expect anything. <laughs> uh, gross. Um, so this year it was like, well, uh, I'll buy you dinner. Yeah. I said, Dad, do you want to buy me dinner on my birthday? And he's like, yeah, you can get whatever you want. I'll just have the food I have here. And then I go, <laughs> I go, you know, yeah, we can watch Jeopardy. I'm like, hey, we can watch a movie. Yeah. And he goes. We'll see. We'll watch Jeopardy. Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, do you have some big plans? Right. Yeah. I didn't say anything, but I told my friend, I got like, I think I just got turned down by my dad for a date. Siri, <laughs> that you live with. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we watched Jeopardy and then okay. the palate cleanser of Wheel of Fortune. Oh, nice. But we're really good at Jeopardy. He's nice. very smart and, and we get a majority of the answers correct. Oh, yeah. And then it's kind of a palate cleanser watching um, Wheel of Fortune. Okay. Which is not. Not quite as cerebral. Yeah. It's it's always hard for me to watch Wheel of Fortune knowing how kind of weird and and nasty uh, uh, Pat Sajak is. Is he? Yeah. He's supposed to be really mean to people. And I, I've never dug when game show hosts are really mean. I'm like, you're a game show host. Yeah. Just ask the questions and be grateful that you have a job. Well, if you ever watch, if you haven't watched, go back on YouTube and watch Old Family Feuds, the oh, original yeah, yeah. with Richard Dawson. Dawson. Yes. He was such a fucking asshole. Yes. And, and I think, And I think that was exactly what I'm talking about. That was that, like, he wanted to be an actor. He was on frickin' uh, Hogan's Hogan's Heroes. Heroes. And then all of a sudden, he couldn't get work and decided to take a... uh, a game show gig yeah, and you get what you get. Right. That it's was funny. part of the charm of him. Yeah. And I, and I never, I never noticed it when I was a kid watching, yeah. but watching some recently, like, first of all, it's this big joke. Oh yeah. Richard Dawson always, you know, kisses all the ladies, yeah. but it's actually really gross. Yeah. It's really gross. It's, and he really got in on some younger chicks, especially watching it in COVID times, because now yeah. not only is it gross that he's kissing these random young girls but you're like you're kissing six people in a row it's so gross well it's like don't kiss that woman on the mouth it's covid also she's not a woman she's a 14 year old girl (laughs) exactly so that's uh but yeah he's just like nasty and really like lays into people when they have a bad answer yeah anyway so so far we know we love jeremy we love natty we are uh, con- concerned about Pat Sajak and Richard Dawson's ghost is just yelling at us. Yeah, exactly. Well, before we go uh, any further askew from our <laughs> main topics here, maybe I should bring us back into some questions okay. for the week. You ready for some questions? Yes, sir. All right. So uh, our first question here is uh, from an email from a gentleman named Donnie. And Donnie asks, I have two neighbors who go out into their balcony every day and start clapping and yelling for 15 straight minutes. They have done this every single day for 10 period straight period months (laughs) with no sign of stopping. 
Like most Americans, I am stuck working from home and find the noise very distracting. I have spoken with them twice, asking politely that they stop or at least move to weekends. They claim they are doing this, quote, for the healthcare workers, although I hardly see how it's more helpful than donating time or money to COVID-related efforts. After month number nine, I filed a noise complaint with the police who Ooh. laughed and said, free speech, nothing we can do. Oh. I'm at my wit's end. Please offer some good or bad advice. Okay, Donnie, thank you for your question. Yeah. There's a lot of different thoughts running through my head. <laughs> um, first of all, just for anyone who doesn't know, there because it doesn't happen where I live or where Clark lives. Right, right. Doesn't they don't we don't do it here in LA. In other more metropolitan areas where people are living in closer proximity and in buildings, right. you know, like apartment buildings and stuff, there was this thing at the beginning of COVID. And apparently still going on. Still in month nine. Where at, I don't know if it was seven o'clock or eight, whatever it yeah, was. at a specific time. Everybody opened their window and yelled and clapped and banged pots and pans. And it was a show of support right. for the first responders. Right. Um, because... I mean, and this is the thing. Of course, we start COVID and everyone's like, you're our heroes. You're doing so good. And they are, but they still are. Right. It's never stopped. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so that is a thing that that people are doing as a show of support. I have friends in um, the UK. Oh, right, right. And I've been on like Zoom, you know, chats with them. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, hold on. It's going to get loud because wow. everybody there is like clanging and doing that stuff. So this is going on worldwide. Yeah. Donnie, I don't know where you're from. Yeah. I guess I'm assuming you're from the U.S. Yeah. Maybe New York. Yeah. Donnie. <laughs> um, but another part of it is. Yeah. You're saying, oh, how's that going to help them? Um, you know, but instead of giving money, which also give money. Yeah. But um. It's kind of, to me, it was kind of a community thing. If everybody's right. doing that, if everybody's doing that, like, let's take a minute and stop and cheer and appreciate, that means everyone's also taking a minute to stop and think about how they should be acting and behaving. Right. If I care right. about these healthcare workers that are literally putting their lives on the line every day, yeah. then I'm going to wear my mask. Then I'm not going to go to the store when I only want chips Yeah. and I don't need to buy groceries. You know, it's kind of a, a nice community thing as well in acknowledging right. what's going on and that we're not alone in it. Yeah. So it's a great thing. Um, I, I can appreciate how you feel, Donnie, you've made it quite clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the fact that you're, I, I want to know, I, I believe you, Donnie, I believe you, but I want to know if your neighbors truly do it for 15 straight minutes. Yeah, that's that's the part. Or not. That's the part that's hard to believe. Yeah. And I I kind of feel like, okay, if that's maybe a little more. And then you, of course, called the cops. So I don't know what kind of relationship you have with right, them now. Right, right. But um, I, I have a couple different things. Okay. I mean, clearly, if you just wanted to say... I just need to get through this. Get yourself some head cance head canceling night phones. Exactly. Um, some noise canceling headphones. Yep. And you know, work through it. But if it was me, I would say maybe try to mend fences with them and say, you know, I do get why you're doing this, and you know, maybe could it be five minutes? Maybe I'll join you. Right. You know, if you're, if it's 15 minutes, you're not, unless it's the big, you know, telephonic call with China when the market's opening right. that has to happen right then. Right. You know, you could, you know, just suffer through it. But if it's a thing now where you're just angry, um, let it go. Yeah. yeah the, or, or yeah. does Donnie hate healthcare workers? Oh, maybe. Donnie. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, look, this is what I'm going to say. Uh, I personally 
have a, a hard time remembering when to take a break. When I'm working, when I'm doing stuff, when I've got things to do, I always look at my watch and realize, oh my God, I've been sitting here at this computer for four hours. I need mm -hmm. to take a break. Maybe this is your uh, uh, reminder every day <laughs> to take a 15 minute break and ignore <laughs> your work. And okay, you can't do stuff while they're doing it. Okay, go to the bathroom every day, go make yourself a snack, get some water. Do take that time as your time where yes. you can do something for yourself. Your neighbors are like the bell at school, letting e you know it's recess. Exactly. But I hope I hope I have explained, Donnie. I feel like I've used your name like a thousand times and I'm getting into like a big Lebowski situation <laughs> right now. But um I hope I've explained why people are keeping up this sure. tradition every day. And so if that kind of changes your attitude about it any, you know, a little bit, you say, yeah, you know, you have neighbors, it seems, who are mindful of COVID. Right. You have neighbors. If you're opening up the window and clapping on the balcony for the healthcare workers, you have neighbors that aren't bringing over random people to have sex with and right. licking your doorknob before right. they go into their right. apartment. You know, yeah. you have neighbors that are, that are caring and that are mindful. So whatever tension there is, nothing's worse than like having bad tension with neighbors right. or worse with the roommates. Yeah. We can get into that another time. Sure. But, um, Oy, so yeah. if you feel like it, Donnie, Donnie, <laughs> make you know maybe try to mend fences maybe say you know i really get this i'm sorry this got out of hand you know do you want to scream together for five minutes right and uh we can check that out but yeah. if you are still doing that and having the you know daily appreciation out the window for healthcare workers thank you thank you to all the health healthcare workers yeah, definitely um, first and foremost yeah because that's what that's what we love to do as a society, look at me getting all deep, is to be like, oh, the healthcare workers are so wonderful. They're such heroes. And then just like, oh, there's something else on the news. Right. You know, it's right. like we'll hear about like a huge tornado that happened. And then it's like, oh, no. Oh, I hope they're OK. And then we move on to something else. It's like they're still not OK. <laughs> exactly. This is years of like reconstruction now. Yep. But it's like kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And not that COVID is ever out of mind. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that. There are people, every, thousands, millions of people yep. every day putting themselves in harm's way. Yep. Um, and that's not just, you know, healthcare workers. That's the people at my grocery store. That's, yeah. I was at Costco shopping for my dad yesterday. And as he's older, it's, it's harder for him to get around. Sure. So I went to Costco for him and I just had this like kind of like memory mm. of going to Costco at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh yeah. At, at the, the beginning of the pandemic the when the lines run. were really long. Yeah. yeah. During all of that stuff. And I just remember going in every time and every single person that worked there, I would say, thank you. I would say, oh, yeah. thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And you know, it, it, they were putting their lives. They did not have to come to work. Yeah. They did not have to come to work where uh, 10,000 people come every day. Yeah. But they kept us going. And let's uh, we'll also point out here that since it has been nine months since the pandemic hit, we can now look back and, and see where has it been the worst and who's been hit the worst by uh, COVID. And in L.A. at least. There is a giant, the majority of the population of grocery store workers mm -hmm. are being hit the hardest, yeah. more than almost every other occupation out there other than, say, doctors and nurses. Yeah. But yeah, working at a grocery store is hard for your health. And people are already dicks to you yes. anyway in a non-COVID year. Absolutely. And I have to correct you, Clark. We are in the 11th month. Oh, good Lord, you're of right. Of the pandemic. There are babies that were conceived yeah. in the initial lockdown that are being born. We're going to talk to the father of one of them later today. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We uh, have a father of a COVID baby coming on the show. Exactly. All right. So, Donnie, I hope that helped you. I hope it gave you a little perspective. Yeah. And most of all, I just hope that you can come to a, a good place with your neighbors. Right. Because that's important. Yeah.
Absolutely. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this all helps you out, Donnie. Uh, and let's move on to our next question of the day. Next question is from uh, Instagram. And this uh, this person is named Sorry This Name Taken. <laughs> uh, and Sorry This Name Taken says, thank you for your humor. My question is, what is a good gift to get a host when coming over for a social function? Uh, this is for a timeline where there are indeed social functions <laughs> without threat of pandemics. Well, thank you, this name taken. S- sorry, oh, this, sorry, name, sorry, ta- this yeah. name taken. Yeah. Um, he probably had to do that one because this name taken <laughs> was, was already taken. taken. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a great question. I love that you, you know, gave us the caveat of... <laughs> when going to a social function won't murder us all, right. what should I bring? Right. But I am a big fan of that. Whenever I'm invited somewhere, the first question I ask is, what can I bring? Right. And if they say nothing, then I say, okay, think about it and you let me know. Yeah. And a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. times it's like, I mean, sometimes it's as simple as like, well, bring whatever you want to drink. Right, right. And then it's like, okay, well, I can bring a couple things and maybe I know what they like and contribute something. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, bring bread or bring a dessert. Like, right. I always ask the host, how can I help? What can I bring? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is truly, truly nothing, if you know them to be people who, Enjoy wine, a lovely bottle of wine. Sure. There's this, there's that saying, it's like never show up to someone's house empty handed. Right, right, Something right. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so there's always, you know, a nice bottle of wine. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another go-to for me is flowers. Oh, that's nice. Like I was at my friend's, oh God, two years ago hmm. because of, because we had COVID Passover. Sure. Um, but the previous Passover, I went to my friend Greg's mom's house, hmm. who's, I've really thought recently about her brisket, which was just so good. Mm. So Greg, if you're listening, have your mom make me a brisket. Please. Yeah. Um, it's really good. And so I went there, you know, it's it's a total Jew town. There's like so much food. Right. There's nothing I'm gonna bring. Right. You know, that's gonna so top, yeah. And that's gonna even be part of it. Right. You know, that's right. like everything is taken care of. So I just bought mom some flowers. How nice. Because that's just a nice thing to, you know, it's and people's faces usually light up. Oh yeah. So I go with flowers or, I mean, I don't drink, so I don't generally bring wine, but I really start by asking, what can I bring? What can I do? What's something I can do so it'll be easier for you? Yeah, absolutely. You you can also, I know, uh, you know, growing up with my mom, my mom always had a signature dish, dish, Ah. right? If you have a signature dish that you're known for, that people are like, oh, you're coming, that means we get this that's also a good thing to have my mom had cookies right chocolate chip cookies she had her own little recipe for chocolate chip cookies and they were really good and everyone always loved them so anytime (laughs) we would have some kind of function it would just be like oh robin just bring your cookies until clark's childhood was ruined when he found all the empty chips ahoy packages in the trash (laughs) my life has been a lie uh no yeah it's it's all it's all good yeah but i think offering to say, hey, how can I help? How can I make this easier for you? Ice. Here's the Ooh, thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. A lot of people forget about ice. Yep. If they're having a, a party or something, always ask, well, should I bring ice? And half the time you'll be like, you'll get the answer of like, oh, shit, yes. <laughs> and that's a really great thing to bring because it's a really annoying thing to get. Yes. You're doing the whole party and this and that, and it's like, oh, fuck, I forgot to go get something that weighs 30 pounds. And it's something that almost everyone forgets about. Almost everyone forgets about it until the last second. Yeah. And everyone's really bummed out when there's just, like, room temperature Coke Zero <laughs> and it's just fizzy. That is great advice. So, yeah, ice, I ice, love ice. ice. That's a great advice. Was that some good ad for ice? Yes. Oh, everybody unsubscribed. Yeah, okay. Now we're going to move on to question number three. Question number three is from Buck Melanoma Molly Molly Russell's Wart. Okay. (laughs) Which is, of course, a Uncle Buck reference, but I love it so much. Um, And Buck Melanoma Molly Russell's Wart asks... 
I was not the fat kid everyone else keeps talking about. Now that I'm older with three kids, I put myself last. Mm. I now am fat. I'm having issues with it because I feel like everyone views me as a hideous monster, which they may. But why should I care? But also, I would never look at someone like that myself. So why do we feel it's okay to hate on ourselves so much? Wow. Thank you for that. Very deep question. Yeah. And um, there's I know I say this about everything. There's a lot in there. Um. I would, this is kind of a cliche, especially in the recovery neighborhood community, (laughs) off on uh, Alcoholic Way. (laughs) um, I would never speak to somebody as horribly as I speak to myself. Right. The things I say to myself in my head, you would punch me for saying right. to me. Right. If someone else, Clark, said, said to me the things I say to myself, yep. you would punch them. Yes, I would. And Clark is quite a pacifist. Yes, I am. Which is sometimes pronounced <laughs> pussy. <laughs> but um, so why do we think that's okay? It's like... <sighs> I hate to have it be as simple as like, well, society tells us, but, you know, we have the standard of beauty that is a lot of times not humanly possible. Yeah. So if we don't look like that, we're comparing ourselves to something fictional. Um, But I know, you know, you said you had kids. You weren't, you know, you weren't heavy. You had kids and you're heavy. That's something that happens to a lot of people, men and women. Absolutely. And there's a lot of reasons why. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. I was uh, making dinner and I realized I'm the kind of the chef of the family. I'm the cook of the family. I make all of our dinners, our lunches, all the stuff is up to me. Uh, So I, and and let me also say, I am not a chef. I am (laughs) not a cook. I do not know how to make food. However, However, I can kind of copy things on YouTube and I watch people and some most of the stuff that I make is very easy and, you know, a box of rice aroni and uh, that kind of stuff. But um, it is incredibly hard trying to lose weight or even maintain your weight when you are responsible for cooking for other people, mm. because then you feel like, well. Uh, yeah, I need to diet, but my son doesn't need to diet. So I can't work. I can't worry about my own diet for dinner because I need to make sure that he's eating dinner and that he's eating enough nutrition. And, uh, uh, you know, it just feels like it's there's more pressure to make something bigger and family size and filling. And it's really hard to lose weight when you're doing that. Yeah. Plus, it's something else that sticks out is you said you put yourself last. Right. So like Clark said, you're trying to make it for everybody else. And we all know that kids aren't like, well, mother, I'm so excited about the the broached salmon you've made. The broached salmon. Yes. The poached salmon you've made. And that asparagus looks especially delicious. You know, you have to fight and scream to even get them to eat. You know, here's the mac and cheese. Yeah. Here's the buttered noodles. Here's the chicken nuggets. Yes. And you're not taking care of yourself because you're worried about everyone else. Exactly. So what do you do when they're done after their two bites that you had to force them to eat and bargain with them? Exactly. You know, if you just eat one goddamn damn chicken nugget you can have ice cream forever okay <laughs> just eat the damn chicken nugget exactly and um you know what do you do then you go and you eat the rest of their chicken nuggets yep. and the rest of their mac and cheese yep. and you say okay i've eaten exactly and that's not a and of course this and that's not i say this with complete judgment and no hypocrisy <laughs> that's not a healthy diet um <laughs> so part of it is that really is a, a, such a strong statement that you chose to put in. I put myself last. Yeah. So that is a big part of it. And, you know, you're a mom. You're a, do we know if it's a mom or a dad? Uh, you know what? I have no idea. It's an extent. It's an especially gender neutral question. Yeah. You are a parent. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. the answer. Yeah. You are a parent. You are taking care of everybody else first. And that is, 
And there's only so many hours in the day. Right. And so to say, okay, I am going to stop and I am going to make myself something. Right. And, you know, maybe you'll get the kids to try something real. Yeah. Like, do you want that? I don't want that Coco van. I want a nugget. Exactly. Um, and it, also, it's just uh, going back to the hating on ourselves so mm-hmm. much. There's also an element here where I do feel like, at least for me, uh, you know, I it's kind of like the doctors, right? Doctors, uh, when you're uh, talking with a doctor about somebody else that they're taking care of, they usually want to give you worst case scenario, right? Yes. The, your, your mother's going to be here for another eight months months and she might never walk again. And then like two weeks later, she's walking and it's not because the doctor was bad. It was because the doctor was giving you the absolute worst yeah. case scenario. It just in case that happens. I'd love it though. If he was lying and just the other, the next week was like, psych. <laughs> but, yes. Well, what I'm saying is uh, I think we do that to ourselves too, where we give ourselves the worst case scenario and look at ourselves in the mirror and go, well, I look hideously like a monster because we know that that, that's probably the worst thing that we might get from somebody today. Yeah. So it's kind of like building up a, a, a defense wall too. But I think that those two components of your question yeah. really fit together. Why do so I see well. myself as a monster? I put myself last. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yes. So if you can try to make some headway on not putting yourself last, yep. you know, make the dinner for the kids also make something I don't want to say like, oh, eat healthy. I'm not right. saying like skinless chicken breast and vegetables, <laughs> but just something that's not chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. Yeah. And say, I am taking care of myself to do this. Right. You might not have time to roast a whole chicken and do a whole thing. Right. But to just do like one thing, maybe a day yep. or a week. Yeah. You take it slow. And to do something that you're not putting yourself last by doing. Absolutely. And then changes could come from that. And then if you're not always feeling shitty about like what I eat and how I look, it's like, hey, I'm not a monster. I was just in a pit of despair. Exactly. So good luck. <laughs> Tell your kids hi and to eat their goddamn chicken nuggets. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, that was that was good advice. I like that advice. Uh, let's move on to our last question for this segment. Uh, and this last question is from a lady named Stacy. And okay. Stacy asks, how many Hallmark movies is too many? Uh, I've been impressed with the increasingly diverse casts, but I have not yet seen any with a plus-sized female lead. If you were to star in a Hallmark movie, what would you envision the (laughs) storyline? I read somewhere they take scripts on spec and would love to see you on the small screen leaving your big city fancy job for love with the local country boy. Yes. Okay. How many Hallmark movies is too many? Some might say one. Some might also say there isn't more than one (laughs) because they are all the the same. same. Exactly. And that is the charm of them. Yes, exactly. But I know I have a friend who watches them constantly. Oh, yeah, my mom. Oh, your mom does? Uh, I swear to God, every Christmas, she has to delete her DVR, <laughs> like completely clear out her DVR because Christmas is coming and there's just going to be hundreds of hours of Hallmark movies oh, on her dear. DVR. Now, is she really watching them in like no. a Nicholas Sparks haze of no. dewy eyes? No, I don't think she even pays attention to them. She turns them on and then does stuff in the house. Okay, so she's like, oh, they're on their camp. Exactly. Okay, she's not like, I wish. I had love like that. <laughs> no. He looks at your dad like disgusted. <laughs> um, so Hall, for anyone not familiar, Hallmark movies, as opposed to Lifetime movies, which are a much bigger thing when yeah. Clark and I were growing up. Oh, yeah. Lifetime movies were awesome because yeah. they were just always about women in horrible peril. Yes. Like real social issues. Yeah. But. Made into these like very dark movies. <laughs> exactly. Um, my favorite, I think my favorite one, I cannot remember what it was called, but it's definitely on when we were in high school. No, okay. it must have been after high school. Okay. Because the leads in it were Candace Cameron Burr. Okay. And Fred Savage. Oh, nice. And it was a story about, um, 
like abuse, like having an abusive okay. partner, husband, whatever. And unfortunately, a common theme sometimes in the Lifetime movies is the abused woman is so like mad and drippy and doesn't that you're like, you know what? Hit her. <laughs> I just, I can't take this anymore. But, um, so there was a little bit of that going on, but also, you know, Fred Savage was her boyfriend and possessive and this and that, but like whenever he was going to go into a rage, right. like he would make this face and then there would be a music sting. Oh no. And it was like, like it might as well have been like, dun, dun, dun. And then he like smacks her. <laughs> You know, so it's like they're trying to attack these important, heavy subjects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like with the, you know, deafness of the Lifetime channel. Right. Lifetime Network. <laughs> exactly. So, so. Take- but the Lifetime movies had a point that each one was addressing a specific topic. Yes. Whether that was be a wife, you know, uh, beating your wife, whether that alcoholism was alcoholism or something. Every, you know what they were? They were grown up after school specials. Exactly. That's, That's exactly right. Were. That's exactly right. Now, contrasting that, we have the Hallmark movies, right. which are just, I mean, lovely, wonderful, romantic comedies. Barely, they barely touch the ground. They're so light. (laughs) And, um, you know, every single one, for the most part, I want to get a bunch of mail from the diehard Hallmark fans. Sure, sure, sure. You don't know that uh, movie 816 is actually about this. Uh, I believe they're called Hallheads. Hallheads. (laughs) Um, So, basically, it's a... uh, as our as our listener put in her you know email, yeah, a big city businesswoman, right, who's fierce and successful but doesn't have time for love, right, and something happens where she has to go back home to the small, tiny hick town where she was born, right, and it's like oh. You know, my dad stubbed his toe. I, I've got to go. It's like, I don't want to go there for Christmas. I, just, oh, I don't want to even remember I'm from there. <laughs> she goes home. And of course, she, you know, throughout the uh, hour and a half. Rest of the movie. Realizes that the only true currency in life is love and family. Right. And always falls in love. It's like, oh, no, the local uh, librarian is in trouble. He. (laughs) Right. Needs to raise $50,000 to save the library. Well, fine. I'll help with that. And then I fell in love. Exactly. And unlike the Lifetime movies, Lifetime movies, every single movie would be about a different subject, right? So it's alcoholism or drug abuse. In the Hallmark movies, it's the same movie. They just change the the characters. So the woman is now. Exactly. The woman is now uh, an ad executive. Yeah. And she's, you know, half deaf. It's like they have it's like they have a bunch of big uh dartboards on right. the wall. Or magnet uh poetry. Yeah, but you know, you just close your eyes and throw the dart and you go, okay, big city architect right. has to go home to small town Indiana exactly. to help. The local. Her dad save his farm. Right. And then the last one is like, what small businessman is she going to fall in exactly. love with? Exactly. It's is the it, veterina- veterinarian. It's the vet. Is it her high school sweetheart? Right. You know, something like that. So how many Hallmark movies is too many? One. <laughs> and there's no, there's no way to know how many are too many. Or there is only one. Yeah, exactly. It's but like uh, so Mr. yes, no, they, they don't have uh for from what I've heard from my friend, I don't sit and watch. I have watched them with her okay. every once in a while. She lives in Arizona. I do not get to see her yeah. because of COVID. Boo. Um, I know, right? But unlimited minutes yes. on the phone. That's true. Um, so I guess there hasn't been a plus size main character. Right. Although it'd probably be bad to be like, I have to get home. I have to help my high school sweetheart save the candy store. 
Like it'd be like super cliche. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you're a uh, you're a uh, 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 what you call it? A uh, bakery. Yeah. Like uh, you, you make donuts and cupcakes. <laughs> I'm Mrs. Fields. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, I think we're 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 honing in on it. Exactly. I think you're you need to be in the Mrs. Fields story. Exactly. Yeah. Right. The Hallmark story special presentation of Fields of Love. <laughs> right. Yes. That sounds good to me. I so, love it. Yeah, uh, Hallmark. I mean, they pass the time. They're so. I, my friend, even she, just like I asked about your mom. Yeah, she knows that they're pablum. She sure, knows sure. that they're ridiculous. But that's kind of the point. Absolutely, that's why you love them. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Stacy. I, I hope uh, you like that answer, and I hope uh, somebody from Hallmark is listening right now and taking our amazing ideas. And- <laughs> Bringing them to life. Uh, But uh, let's move on. And we are about to start a brand new rotating segment that I like to call Voice from the Past. And now, Mad Advice presents Voice from the Past. So, yeah, Voice from the Past. This is where... uh, Clark and I dig up some old relic of our <laughs> lives and get them on the phone and uh, tear them apart. <laughs> and our first victim uh, is probably the uh, the first main victim that you and I both uh, ever terrorized. terrorized. Yes. Well, this is we've we've talked about uh, this person on the show before. He's come up. Uh, his quote unquote name is Logan. <laughs> His, his other quote-unquote name is Michael. Yes, his name is Mike. Mike, would you prefer Mike or Michael? Oh, well, let's go with Michael. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were so sophisticated now. So this is... Let's go bougie. <laughs> so this is Michael. Uh, Clark, I'll let you start to give the background because you knew him first. Yeah. So uh, Michael and I met in fifth grade at uh, the same elementary school that you and I went to. Uh, but we met your last year and then you went off to to... Uh, middle school. Yeah. And he and I stayed back one more year at uh, elementary school and then we joined up with you. Yeah. Uh, but you make it sound like we, we got stuck behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So we didn't get stuck behind. We They're were just, just a year younger. A year younger. younger. This was a magnet elementary school. Let's just make that perfectly clear. Exactly. We were both very abnormally smart. Yes. So we. (laughs) But so then um, I really come into the story in high school. Right. And here is how Logan and I met in high school. Uh, (laughs) Clark and he are best friends at this point. Yeah. We're now. They're brothers, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm in uh, Mrs. Icoma's science class. Yes. This is probably. Biology. Oh, was it Biology. Biology. Wow. I really liked her. Um, she was great. She was really great. And so I sat in the last seat in the row and this guy sat in front of me. And one day it was like, well, we have to, you know, partner up for something. And he turned around. It was just kind of like assumed. He was like, OK, let's do this. And I was like, that's weird. Some random guy in front of me <laughs> but is like just really just like, of course. You got to back up. You got to back up because we were hanging out at lunch almost every day. Well, yeah, but that's the point. Prior to that. I know, but that's the point. But you got to set the story up better, Lori. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, okay. It's weird because it kind of goes like the whole point is that I didn't know who you were. Right. But you were seeing him. He knew who you were. Oh, that's right. We were hanging out. I was wearing a purple shirt. A purple shirt. Now, this purple shirt was, that must have been a favorite of mine. I seem to wear it all the time. (laughs) Um, But it was a one time. And so we've been hanging out, hanging out all the time. That's right. Yeah, I, I got lost in the story. We're hanging out for forever, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of biology, I turn around and and we had to pick partners. So I turn around and we hung out at lunch. So Lori and I are going to hang. Yeah, Lori, let's let's team up. Lori, yes. So we were we were teaming up. Yeah. So we taught up and and. And uh, we did, I don't even remember what the assignment was. We did something together. No, that was good. So Michael is wearing a purple shirt. We're sitting in biology class. And then it's lunchtime and we're hanging out and you're wearing the purple shirt, which really stuck out to me. And I go, 
hey, you're the same guy from my biology <laughs> class. Like, I had not put the two together. Right. You've been eating lunch together for probably over Months. a month. Yeah. And and I had just not put it together. And then it made sense why you were like, yeah, like, of course we'll be partners in biology. Because <laughs> I was just like, well, this man is certainly an affront to me. Um, Immediately during lunch, you never looked at my face. I probably, well, I was staring at that ass. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just this big joke like both of you were like are you kidding me right we couldn't understand how well, you that, didn't recognize it came from because you were you know the name was michael and everyone called me called me mike and then all of a sudden we were uh, you know having a conversation and and you finally made that recollection and you said well what's your name yeah, I had no clue who I was. I no, I didn't. And but you had a purple shirt, and then Clark. You kind of looked at each other, and then Clark said, "Being a smartass, being a smartass." His name is Logan, which because I think was a reference to the Wolverine. Wolverine. We were big Marvel. We're, yeah, we're huge comic nerds. Comic yes. nerds. We thought that would be funny. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, hi. And then like, uh, hi, Logan. And then like, you were like, oh, no, 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 my name is Mike. And I'm like, nope, no, it's not. <laughs> it's Logan. It was like a week later. It was yeah, like it was a like week a week later. later. Yeah. finally says, you know, his name's re really not Logan. And you're like, I don't care. That's his name now. It is his name. <laughs> and then one of my favorite things, I love it when a, when a, one of my jokes catches on. Like when something right. makes it into the lexicon. Well, and this and this caught on quick, too, because not only uh, did, did it last the week for you, but it's it stuck as his name for everybody in the drama department. Oh, yeah. He was known as Logan. Which was okay because, I mean, there's always 12 Michaels in every class. Exactly. So way to... So it worked out. It, it worked out well for you, my friend. I think <laughs> your your complete forgettability ended up working out and giving you some personality well, and a name. Then, then continue well, on. What is did. what is now, the ultimate punchline of the joke? The ultimate punch. It's not the ultimate punchline, no. but the ultimate like satisfaction. Yeah, is that you know Michael is married to his wonderful wife. Yeah, Julie. Julie, and. I'm not going to say her last name, but I always quack like a duck when I say it. <laughs> I go, Julie, quack. Um, and their first child yep. is named Logan. Yep. But it's not just in out of respect for me and my joke. It's because <laughs> all of Logan's subsequent all six together, he just had a new baby. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, they are all named after... Marvel characters. Marvel characters. Your first child is named Logan, which I was just like, it's like my joke came to life. Literally came to Literally. life. So that's why you're named Logan. Um, and now to this day, you're still known as Logan to anyone from high school. Like we can't really correct. talk to anyone from high school and refer to you as Michael. Yeah. They wouldn't have a clue who I would be talking or about. Or referring to both of you as you do sometimes because it's like, it's always Clark and Logan. Yeah, it's not Clark and Mike. So you're welcome. Does Logan know? <laughs> well, well, do you think, you. do you think that, that my actual, that joke influenced you in choosing Logan as a name for your first kid? You know, I, when we sat and talked about that, we both said, you know, Lori is such an important part of, of life as we know it. We should really make that joke an important part of our lives. Suck my so, dick. So considerate. Uh, so considerate. <laughs> okay. Well, let's. What should we talk about? How did we? Uh, how did we uh, torture Logan? Right <laughs> there for many times. Like Logan is really oh. funny and but kind of dry. Why not? I know how much you love the the Disneyland uh, Han Solo vest story. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Right. So so Logan is like kind of quiet. He's very tall. Both yeah. he and Clark are very tall. Six four, six five. Six five. Six five. Ooh, six five. Wait till that osteoporosis kicks in. <laughs> um, and so he's always kind of calm, but he'll say funny shit. And then Clark and I are like spazzy five year olds, just like <laughs> twirling around and be like, "Hey, Logan, poke, poke, poke." And I don't know what it was, but he was wearing a Han Solo vest. Yeah. at Disneyland, as you do. And we were in line. I can't remember what we were in line for, but. Um, it has like a, it was Star Tours. 
Oh, was it? Oh, there you go. Okay. And let's just say that. Let's just say it. Yeah. Oh, let's just say that. Exactly. Yeah. Star Tours. Um, and you were wearing your Han Solo vest, but had a little like loop thing in the back. Yeah. And we had, I don't know how or why, but this little <laughs> round container of candies. <laughs> they were like, you know, dinosaur can kind of like, like Smarties. Yeah, but, like chalk kind yeah, of candies. Yeah, like chalky candies. And then we're just being brats and we're doing stuff. And then we're like, I'm going to put it through the loop of his vest <laughs> in your back. And we're doing it and we're doing it for like a while. And you're, and you're just not reacting. But then you go, do you think I can't feel that? <laughs> you know, it was like the mom from the other room going like, do you think I don't know you're watching TV? Exactly. And we just cracked up. Oh, we were so laughing so hard at that. Because you would just kind of like tolerate us. <laughs> Logan was the ultimate straight man for yes, us. He absolutely was. And, and I, I, we appreciate that because we needed one. <laughs> yes. Just Clark and I together are just a terror. <laughs> An assault on the senses. <laughs> most of the shows, most of the shows that he did, he did with me, of course. Yeah. He and I were always in the shows together and we would screw around and play and, and all, all that sort of stuff. But there was one play that he did when we went to college, when we uh, went to Pierce, that he did without me. He did on his own oh, with Peter other people. Peter Pan. Oh, my God, which has one of the funniest moments ever yes. in Clark and my histories. <laughs> that was great. Right. First of all, yes, you were a wonderful pirate. pirate. And um, pirate number three. Pirate number did you, three. Did you give yourself a name? Oh yeah, the pirate is the pirate had a name in the story is Bill Jukes, but it was oh. it was basically generic pirate number three. Right, gotcha. Bill Jukes. But one of my favorite moments in all of theater, and I've been to <laughs> plenty of Broadway shows, all this kind of stuff. Yep. The, the quick thinking of this girl, she was playing Wendy. Right. And it was a scene where they were just in bed. It was it was like at it least was, halfway through the no, show. No, no, no. It was the epilogue of the show. Oh. The whole story was done, and she was now not playing Wendy anymore. It was the same actress. Oh, she's the the daughter or granddaughter or whatever that character. Exactly. And she's in bed. It's a nighttime scene and she's in bed and she's hooked up because, you know, everyone in Peter Pan is kind of hooked up so they can start flying, flying when away. they're supposed to fly. But so the, she's the, just laying in bed totally peacefully. The scene's supposed to start with Peter flying through the bedroom window and landing in the nursery. Yeah. But instead, before the scene started... She is like violently flung out of bed into the air. <laughs> like somebody hit the wrong pulley right. or whatever, or had a vendetta against her. But this girl was so awesome. She's ripped out that we were all violently. like, we were like, whoa. And then she goes, I'm flying. <laughs> and everyone started laughing. Yeah, and was, then she kind of just crawled back into bed. Yeah, she's like, oh, oh, that's start the scene again. <laughs> but that was, yes, you continued in, and have you continued your theater career past that? No, no, we did, uh, we did a couple more plays. Yeah. And uh, I think we did one or two more plays after that. And yep. I was, I was done with the theater. So oh, yeah. It was more fun to goof around backstage than it was to be on on stage, which is probably why, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not even interested to go back anymore and do it again. It's just, you know, behind the scenes stuff was just way more fun than actually yeah. being on stage. The new baby's name is Hope. Hope, yes. How old is she? She uh, just over a month. Just over she's one month. All right. She's born on the first of January. Nice. Ex oh, really? Yep. New Year's baby. New Year's yep. baby. Excellent. New Year's baby. Yep. Well, congratulations on that. Congratulations on being friends Thank with you. me and Clark. Um, <laughs> it's been the, the joy of my life. Of course. <laughs> All right, baby. Thank you so much. I love you twice. No problem. Love you too. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Okay, thank you so much again, Michael, for calling in. We really appreciate it. I hope you guys really enjoyed it out there, but it's time for us to move on to the final question of the show. You ready for the final question, LB? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Final question is actually from an anonymous listener who wants to remain anonymous. So uh, we're going to do that, and we're going to ask her question. Here we go. My best friend of many years is an alcoholic. 
We live in a we live in different states now, but we grew up together and eventually after high school moved away from one another, but we remained friends all these years. We're both now in our 30s. She's married with kids. She's a military wife. So the husband isn't at home a lot. I want to start off with the fact that she had weight loss surgery a few years ago. She never had a drinking problem in the past. In fact, she didn't even really drink. I think this came about after the surgery because it's very common that after this kind of surgery, you end up getting addicted to something else because you can't eat the same way you did before, which is why they suggest getting into therapy if you do it. Anyway, the alcoholism started off slow and gradually got worse and worse. It's now at the point where she has had seizures in front of her children, which is extremely scary. This happens when she stops drinking after a certain amount of time. I witnessed it at one point and had to call the ambulance where they took her to the ER. She has been in and out of AA as well as several rehabs which I have always fully supported. Just when you think things are going better, she falls down that slippery slope and ends up in the same routine. Right now, she's doing bad again, and I've grown tired of supporting and getting involved in trying to help her. It is extremely draining and causes pain when I hear her drunk on the phone or hear stories about her having more seizures. At the end of the day, nobody can help her but herself. I had to take a step back and stop calling her and just kind of distance myself. I still text every now and then, but I've really had to do this for my own mental state. At times, I feel guilty, but at the end of the day, I have to do what is best for me. And she is the only one who has the power to stop this. I basically just want to reassure myself and ask that I'm doing the right thing. I'm still pushing for her and supporting her, but on a different scale now. It hurts me to my core to hear that to hear her in a state like this and causes me great anxiety. I just want to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening. I love your podcast. Please keep up the great work. Also, can't leave out Clark. You are great too. Thanks, guys. Oh. Thank you. That was a very that was a very thorough email. Yeah. With um I, a lot of information that was half the stuff I would have told you, you told me. Yeah, I, I almost cut, you know, I tried to cut it a little bit because it was so long, but there's just not much to cut. No, and and you're very right, listener, dear listener, that uh, it is very common for people that have weight loss surgery to then become alcoholics yeah. or drugs or, you know, something else. And it is so hard. First, the thing I want to say is I think you're a good friend. Yeah. And I think you are a smart person. Yeah. And there are there's a 12 step group for everything. So if you haven't heard about Al-Anon, you can look into Al-Anon. It was uh, it's for people who have a loved one who is an alcoholic. Right. And it's not about how can I fix them? It's the opposite. Right. It's about how can I be the best for myself? How can I take care of myself right. in the face of this issue? But for right now, pulling back, it's like all these, all these behaviors and all of this stuff that you talked about, you know, having the seizures and all, you know, this is all stuff so that scary. I, that I saw when I worked in the detox unit. Right. Um, and so I know exactly what you're talking about and it's so hard to watch mm. and there's nothing, you know, there's nothing you can do to fix it. You know that you say she's the only one that can yeah. help herself. Yeah. And I, you know, we heard you saying, you know, this is what I'm doing. Can you, do you think I'm right? Can you let me know if I'm doing right. the right thing? You are. And here's a really important part of this and a really, really hard part. People have to hit a bottom. You'll hear that term used a lot with alcoholics and drug addicts. Sure. People have to hit a bottom. Someone needs to have a reason to change. And sometimes, unfortunately, it takes something like losing your friend, losing your spouse, losing your kids right. to an accident or to the foster system right. or losing your freedom and going to jail. You know, the consequences of addictive behavior, they just ripple out over everybody. Yeah. And, you know, everybody around the addict. Yeah. And that's really hard. That's really, really hard. Mm. Um, 
I hope her kids are okay. I don't yeah, know if, seriously. you know, if, if that's an issue, I hope that there is someone else there keeping tabs or whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, saying I'm stepping away from you. That's a loss for her. Right. And she might need to lose things and have consequences for her behavior. Right. If having a seizure in front of her kids and being taken away in an ambulance isn't, isn't enough. consequence enough yeah. to say, this is what my drinking has caused. Right. Then she might just have to continue to lose whatever is next. And if one of that, those things is your, you know, not your friendship, because obviously you love her. Right. And obviously you care about her and you want her to be well. Right. But your supporting of her behavior and her continuing to just go down, spiral downward. Yep. You know, it's totally right. It's probably the best thing for her, actually, for yeah. you to throw your hands up and say, look. You know, I'm here. Right. But I can't I, I'm not your mom. I can't be here. And I've had that exact situation with a friend of mine okay. um, who was back when I was using, you know, back in the day. Right. Um, she just was like drinking, 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 you know, and we would have conversations about it because I knew her also when I got sober. Yeah. We were still friends. Yeah. And she would, you know, she'd be like, I'm, I'm probably an alcoholic. And her dad was the same way mm. and really sick from it. But, you know, she was just in it. And then she moved away, you know, 10, 15 years ago. This is a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we would continue to talk on the phone. And then one time, probably a couple of years ago, she called me and I answered, hey, and she was just drunk and sloppy. Mm. And it was like, okay, this isn't a fun phone. I didn't say this to right, her. Right, right, right. But like, it's just not fun. Yeah. It's not a real, you know, it's like she's drunk dialing me, not right. for like hot sex. Right. But, you know, it's just not, it was, it was annoying. So. The next time she's called, the next times she called, which I mean, this might have been once every few, once every six months. Sure. But the next times she called, I didn't answer. Right. I just you didn't, didn't want to. You didn't want to deal with that. Yeah, I don't want to deal with it. I and I'm not going to say to her, you know, I don't want to start a thing where I'm like, I don't want to talk to you when you're drunk. It's like right. you know, whatever. But over the last year. She has posted on Facebook about major health issues she's having mm -hmm. and about how she stopped drinking. Oh, wow. And about and then when I saw that, I called her. Good. And I said, tell me everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I said, tell me everything. Well, yeah. She knew I was sober. Sure, sure. She, of knew, she knew. And we had had talks about that. Like, if you ever want help, like, you know, I'm here. Right. Um. So I don't know if she never, you know, she might have wanted right. to ask for help, but she just wasn't ready. Right. And once I saw this transformation she was going through. I said, hey, I'm here. Tell Good. me everything. Yeah. But again, she had to lose a lot. Yeah. She is like, honestly, was and is on the brink of death. She's Ugh. young. She is younger than me. Yeah. And, you know, now we're in touch. And now I, I can. I always did support her. It's just like you said. It's not that I wasn't caring or right. wasn't, you know, thinking of her and pulling for her. But I just couldn't give of myself because, you know, you're talking to a wall, exact, a drunk wall. Exactly. Now, and the, the, so I do have a one question here. You were talking about um, the kind of ultimatum of losing a friend and yeah. not being not having that person. Would you recommend you're saying that you didn't really give your friend that ultimate ultimatum moment of, you know what? I can't really keep talking to you, hon, if you're going to be drunk. Would you recommend that? the listener do that is that something when is that when is it the right time to be to full out give that person an ultimatum saying look you're gonna lose me because yeah. i can't hang around you if you keep doing this it you know with my friend that i was talking about she would call me like 
three times a year, maybe right. four. It wasn't a best friend that right. I was in touch with. Right. Like th- these, these two people seem to be totally. So if you're distancing yourself, dear listener, um, and it's not registering on her end, then you just do what you need to do. Right. But if your friend is like, why don't you ever call me anymore? And are constantly calling you for help or calling you crying. This is what happened. You know, then at some point for your own sake, you have to say, I'm going to stop you. You know what to do. Right. This is caused by your drinking. You've worked on it before. I cannot be here yeah. for this anymore. Yeah. And I mean, you can think about that. This is your friend. There are parents that have to say that to their kids. Absolutely. There are kids that have to say that to their parents. Absolutely. There are husbands and wives that, you know, there was every, the the entire gamut when I worked in the detox, people that came in trying to save their marriage. Sure. People that came in because their marriage ended. People that came in because their kids were taken away. Yeah. And plenty of people that just came in because like, God damn it, it's time for me to get my life together and figure out why I have this addiction and why I can't stop drinking or using and yep. address it. But yeah, the con- the consequences of our actions are so important. And that's why when you hear people, you know, you hear, oh, someone's an enabler, you know, that is someone protecting someone else from the consequences right. of their actions. Right. And if you're willing to say, I love her so much, I'm out. Yep. Then you're a pretty good friend. Yeah, absolutely. You're a really good friend. Absolutely. So you're doing the right thing. 100%. I hope that you, uh, I really can relate to what you were, to what you're going through. So yeah. thank you so much for, for writing in. Yeah, very important. I'm glad we were able to talk about that for a little bit. Uh, but I have some bad news. What? That was it. That's oh, no. that's it. We're done. We're this is the end of the podcast. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, I had a really fun time. I thought this was a, a pretty good podcast yes. today. Uh, if you guys ha- out there have any questions for Lori Beth, please send it to us at askloribeth.com. You can hit us up on all the socials at askloribeth or just leave us a message with your name and where you're from at 1-855-DENBERG. That's 1-855-DENBERG, 1-855-336-2374. And you can find me at LB Denberg on Instagram, at Lori Beth Denberg on Twitter, and uh, book a video for your loved one right. at cameo.com slash Lori Beth and Hallmark Movies Inc. Yes. Let's just get in touch. Write to me. Fields and of we'll love. talk about the fattest Hallmark movie possible <laughs> where I save both the candy store, the local bakery, and I burn down the YMCA so no kids can exercise. I love it. That's what I think. This is it. I, I see a, a future uh, Christmas movie coming down the because they all have to be Christmas themed. Of course. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, Lori Beth. I had a wonderful time. I hope you guys had a wonderful time listening. Thank you. Bye. Bad Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question there. Thanks for listening.